0: Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Coach Me Plus. Coach Me Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that we've been lucky enough to implement here for over two years now. The product in and of itself is exactly what you need it to be, guys, with options ranging from being a workout provider, as in sending the workout directly to the student-athletes' phones, to being a place where you can communicate with them and bring together multiple streams of data to be its own dashboard for you, your coaching staff, or the athletes, or you can use what we've added to our our menu of Coach Me Plus activities, and that's the hydration station, where all of this information that is provided is based off of research from the Corey Stringer Institute, where we're looking at weighing in versus weighing out and then providing optimal hydration uh, strategies for the student athletes by them selecting through the menu and tapping on what they'll take home with them and what they're consuming prior to the next practice um, when all the numbers at the top are lined up green. It's something we've had really good success with and the kids have really bought in on. Just another great example of the awesome product that you can find at coachmeplus.com. Guys, uh, hop over to coachmeplus.com today and check it out. It's a product I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Hey, everybody. If you enjoy the podcast and the content it provides, be sure to hop over and check out the community. The community is an exclusive member's website that is just an extension of what we do here in July at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar. What it is is a combination of video lectures, a coach's corner with your Monday morning take-home information, and a forum where you can talk about anything and everything related to the field of strength and conditioning. In the community, you'll find content added each month from some of the top practitioners in the world ranging from PhDs to high-level coaches, bringing you exactly what they're doing with their athletes or their research at the present moment. On top of that, an additional discussion by coaches, bringing you that Monday morning information, things that you can add to your training program right away, tying that in with the opportunity to discuss with coaches around the world in the forum on anything and everything, from the topics addressed in these presentations to whatever you're seeing in your daily life as a coach. If this sounds like the right thing for you and your staff, Go ahead and hop over to CVASPS.com community and try it out for 48 hours for just a dollar. If you like it, you're signed up, ready to roll, and you're jumping into all the great content added each month. If not, feel free to go ahead and cancel at any time. No questions asked. We're really excited about what we're building in the community and hope you are too. Go ahead and hop over to CVASPS.com community and check it out today. Hello! and welcome to the podcast today guys we have a sensational discussion with clemson's mike buley on just building culture and doing so based on your own self-evaluations uh we start out mike talks about his travels from dayton down to atlanta at georgia tech and now at clemson and that leads right into you know what is going on at clemson right now and how they're trying to you know Turn things around or turn the corner in the weight room a little bit, you know. Mike's, you know, basically lays it all out there and talks about what their goals are, what they're trying to accomplish, and then how they took a step back and really had a self evaluation to see: Are we actually doing that? How successful are we with what we're doing, and how can we make it better? Um, guys, actually, just open, honest, fantastic stuff, Mike really laying it all out there with this is what they're seeing, this is what they're doing, and this is how they're trying to change the culture, and this is what they're finding successful. This is an absolutely awesome talk, guys, and I truly hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Coach, long time brother, so stoked to have you on, my friend.
1: Yes, sir, man. Been a long time. Uh, thanks for having me, man. This is great.
0: Yeah, man. Anytime you can get people that are associated with the Atlantic Ten on the show, it, it's time to get it rolling, brother.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that. Actually, I met that uh, we played Florida this week, so Preston, uh, oh, Preston yeah. Green, him and I got to hook up. And uh, you know, Preston and I have been together. He was in Charlotte mm-hmm. at one time when I was in Dayton at the A Ten, and then. He obviously made the jump to Clemson, and then I came to Georgia Tech. So we got, we've always kind of stayed, uh, stayed together. So when we went down there and uh, played those guys, I was like, I was like, Preston, man, we got to hook up. So we got to, uh, we got to go out, met at a at a local uh, sports bar, and had a few beers, talked shop. It was great, man. So yeah, yeah I'm, man. I'm excited to be on here. Appreciate you inviting me.
0: Yeah, dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah, he oh, is a great dude too, man. Awesome, super guy, man. super guy. So listen, man, you you've you've made another move. You're down yes. there in South Carolina now, and and with every situation and every move, there's some things that are unique. So let's talk about the move from from Atlanta to Clemson, and uh, and and what came into it, and and what you guys are doing down there uh, to move forward.
1: Yeah, well, um, yeah, it was another move. Uh, I really liked Georgia Tech; it was great, uh, but unfortunately. Uh, the timetable didn't work out in our favor. And, uh, and I, so when we were, coach was kind of let go and, uh, Pastner's a great guy, enjoyed him and, uh, stayed on as long as I could to help the transition, but, uh, had some opportunities come into play for me there afterwards. Been incredibly blessed, uh, to even be asked, uh, to, to come and to be a part of uh, Clemson and, uh, there were, like I said, there was a couple other things and ultimately it came down to my wife. My wife's like, hey, if we can go to somewhere where we can still stay where it's warm, uh, by gosh, that's that's what we're gonna do. So we wound up at Clemson and uh uh it was a little bit of a my wife was at the time eight months pregnant. So to be able to have to switch doctors and make all that, and then plus we were right in the middle of a home renovation. So <laughs> it was a little bit of a whirlwind, but went uh but it was great. You know, I look back on it. I go, how the hell did we do that? And, uh, but we did it, and uh, it worked out great. And uh, it's been great here. It's, it's been unbelievable. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was a unique situation, certainly. The coach wanted to make a change uh, in the strength and conditioning side. And, uh, and so he thought well enough to, to invite me in to be a part of that. And it was a unique situation. I think uh, culturally, we were a little broken. I think there was a level of uh, discipline that wasn't there. Uh, Coach obviously runs a pretty tight ship. And I think he wanted uh, the weight room to be an extension of the practice court. And uh, so my assistant, uh, who's still with me, who was there with the previous uh, group, I was like, what kind of situation am I coming into? And she's like, if you're okay with guys showing up late, not being held accountable. If you're okay with guys sitting down between sets, if you're okay with guys texting on their phones during workouts, she's like, you're not going to have a problem. So I had this great workout all planned out when I get to Clemson. I was like, all right. So I'd kind of like push that off to the side. And I'm like, all right, it's time to revisit rules. <laughs> and we literally sat down and rolled out the list of my expectations, clear and concise, what I wanted, how I wanted to. To be done and it was unique too because we were coming into a situation where um, the weight room the whole facility was being renovated so we were actually not even in our own facility so that really helped prop me up too because it was like hey listen we're in somebody else's house we got to respect this area we got to respect these these student athletes like we're representing not only ourselves but everybody else in here in this group so literally put these together. And wrote out the rules and had the guy sign it, and saying, "Hey, listen, okay, I understand. We've gone through it. I I I abide by these. And I thought that that was really, really important to to get established that hey, there's a new sheriff in town, and these are the rules and expectations, and uh, there'll be consequences if those expectations aren't met."
0: Awesome, because I think that the one thing that a lot of us get past now is how the culture kind of, you hope, snowballs itself. So sitting there and yeah. hearing someone actually say, these are the specific ground rules that we are going to follow, and you are going to sign this and know that you are going to be held accountable to this is uh, is really a breath of fresh air. Because you don't hear it often.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, I I think a great book on uh, extreme ownership uh, by Jocko. Um, I I had the opportunity actually to read that during this segue, uh, this transition and uh, got turned on by, by some Navy SEALs that I had the opportunity to work with when I was at tech and uh, it was unbelievable. And so that's like our staff manual. And one of the things was clear and concise communication. And, uh, And, and I just thought, Okay, I'm, I'm there at Tech. I was an assistant director, but I was now was reassuming a director's role, and I thought, okay, now it's the time to be able to implement a lot of these things. I actually gave that book to my to my staff and said, hey, listen, just read this. We're gonna sit down with every week, and we're gonna go over these chapters and talk about them. This is how I expect you to operate. This is how I'm gonna operate. This is how we are gonna operate, and this is how we're gonna attack it with the kids. And uh, it just gave everybody a a clear sense of direction of what we wanted to do and how we wanted to do it. Um, And I think that's important. And at the end of the day, as much as maybe kids kick and scream, uh, I truly believe that people want to be disciplined. They want to have that structure in their life. And uh, I mean, I need structure Uh, is is even the most self-motivated. Like I always joke around, like even Michael Jordan had a personal trainer, you know, like he had somebody... Get him in the gym and do the work. You know, everybody needs to be led, and uh, so that's kind of our, our our mo. That's that's how we do things and how we set that up. And so, year one, it was really more or less establishing a understanding of work ethic, accountability, responsibility, and dependability. And 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 more importantly, it was about attitude, energy, and effort. I put that above the weight room. It's like our price of admission is you got to have the right attitude, energy, and effort. And it's amazing what you can accomplish in life if you have the right attitude, energy, and effort. So I put that there, and and Coach has has some higher-level stuff, right? And and in our locker room, it says there's a culture of commitment. And if you ask Coach, what kind of basketball players does he want? He wants guys with high integrity that are willing to sacrifice and have an unbelievable work ethic. That's some pretty high-level stuff. Like, to me... To be able to get there, that's like in the weight room. Like I want my guys explosive, powerful, and have a high rate of force development and be able to be unbelievably conditioned. Well, guess what? We're going to have to do some GPP and build ourselves up to get to that point. And I thought, well, Coach wants an extension of this, of his philosophy to be within the weight room. And so I thought, okay, we have to be able to bridge that gap and support what he's doing. And at the same time, create our own identity that helps prop that up and support this higher level. So to me, like coach's stuff is like sharpening the tip of the spear. Well, we just we got to, we got to fashion the spear right now down here at the weight room level. And uh, so year one, we kind of I just wanted the kids to understand attitude, energy and effort and, and just put that in your wheelhouse and do that. And that was number one. And and. Uh, so then I did the ultimate Littman's test, not a very successful year, unbelievably talented, but uh, it, it was tough. It was you know, a, lot of, uh, a lot of soul searching that, uh, that first season. And, uh, and I said, you know what, we've got a broken culture here. And I, and I the ultimate Lippman's test, as I said, what's, I went around to every one of my guys and I asked, I said, what's in our locker room? Like, what are the three things in our locker room? And none of them could recite integrity sacrifice hard work I said okay so I told him what it was and they said oh yeah 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 I know what that is I said okay I said define those Um, couldn't define it so and then in that definition I got 15 different definitions of what all those things meant and it's the same way with the attitude, energy, and effort. So I, I did my litmus test on me. I said, well, what are the attitude, energy, and effort? So they got that, right? I said, define those. I got 15 different responses of what attitude, energy, and effort was. And I'm like, okay, wake up call. What attitude, energy, and effort means to me and what I want it to be embodied by our group in terms of their total understanding is not resonating. So once the off season came rolling around, it was like, okay, we're going to define these things. So post-seasons, attitude, energy, and effort. And every day, it wasn't about just putting it up on a board or making it up and it just kind of sitting over there be lifeless. It was on every breath of every word of everything we said. We started off every session. What are the three things you're responsible for when you're in here? Define those. Read around. You can to do it. You got five up-downs. Next guy. Like, And we started becoming a, of every breath of every word. And so it was attitude, energy, and effort. Attitude. Willingness to learn and take constructive feedback. It's unbelievable if you if you have that attitude, um, you take that to the court, man. It's going to be unbelievable what you're going to be able to accomplish as a team. Energy was consistent support for one another. It's not about your energy; it's about the energy you bring to your teammates, how you support them, how you cheer those and rally those guys on. And then effort was really more of of a subjective piece. It was more of it, it was a a mental measure of how much ability that you use. So like, are you really pushing yourself? Like, are you being comfortable being uncomfortable? Are you putting yourself in that situation? And it, and it always kind of said, hey, listen, you know, you can bullshit me. Can you bullshit yourself? Like, at the end of the day, like, you, you're doing those things. So, and again, we did that for the whole off season. And then we came back in the summer. Um, and I said, okay, we've laid the groundwork with all of that. And then it was, okay, how do we, how do we add to that layer? Cause I think those three things are great, but I still thought it was a quantum leap to the higher cultural commitment stuff that was the coach wanted. So then it was accountability, responsibility, dependability. And the accountability piece was taking 100% ownership of your job. And unfortunately, you're going to be asked to do things that maybe it's not what you want. It's it's going to you're going to be asked by coaches. I like, trust me, they've watched more film and they've seen the tendencies of this particular team, and the, and they know what they need to put on the court and what they need to do in order to be successful. And that may include you, and it may not include you. And so the attitude piece was, or excuse me, the uh, accountability was taking 100% ownership of your job. Being willing to be able to do that and, and doing it, uh, you know, without question. Uh, and then the responsible piece and uh, dependability. So the responsible piece is accepting the consequences of your actions. Uh, and the dependability was doing your job without excuse. So those were the things. And, uh, and then obviously the higher level piece with what coach was, the sacrifice, uh, hard work. And integrity, sacrifice, doing, pretty simple. Doing doing more for the team than for yourself. Uh, integrity, doing the right thing when no one's looking. And hard work. And we use this one, even with our interns, is doing more than is expected. I think kids all the time are saying, man, I'm working hard. Are you? Or are you just doing what the other guys are doing? Are you just coming in and showing up and Punching your clock. Like, if you're showing up at practice and you're working hard and you're showing up the weight room and you're working hard, guess what? That's status quo. Like, what are you doing beyond that? And I, I will say, like, the opportunity was at Tech was unbelievable because every NBA team that came there came through our facility and used our facility in preparation to play for the Hawks. So I got to see some high-level guys, some, some Hall of Famers, and how they worked. And I was like, holy cow. This just isn't some far-fetched thing that you you read about, or somebody's trying to sell a magazine. Like this is real, and you're seeing these guys, and there's a reason why they're hall of famers. And uh, and so uh, we we put that that framework into place, um, and we did some other things uh, with the guys um, in terms of building the leadership, teaching leadership. But, but ultimately, any one of my guys, you could go up to right now and ask them what what are the what are the three things. What's the second here? What is those things? They can recite those uh, for you. And, and I think to me is that's the ultimate litmus test. Like if you've got something in your weight room or if you have some sort of mantra, go to your kids and say, can you recite that? And more importantly, can you define it? And if they can't, it's an opportunity for you to step back and go, OK. How strong is my culture? What am I try- How am I trying to support the staff upstairs? How am I trying to create that connection so we're all speaking and saying the same thing and reinforcing one another's end goal? And uh, I think if you do that, then the scoreboard will take care of itself. You know,
0: That's awesome. I love it because so often, and, and we've talked about this with different people in different avenues and different aspects of what we do, the actual definition of terms is so overlooked. Mm-hmm. And when it's on the wall and it's what you're supposed to be living and they have no idea what it means, that's kind of frightening. Yeah.
1: It was, fr- it was a wake-up call for me. I'm like, here, I've been for a whole year telling you attitude, energy, and effort. I have my perception of what those things were. And the kids couldn't even, they couldn't even recite them. Like I thought I was doing really good uh, because they could recite those three terms, but they couldn't define them. And if you can't define them or understand what those things actually mean, like, holy cow. And I was like, man, I'm not a very good coach. Like I gotta, I gotta fix this. Like, this is not good. <laughs> like I'm supposed to be the director. I'm supposed to be leading this, this group. And they're supposed to have an understanding of that. And, uh, so I, and at the end of the day, um, there are no such thing as bad teams, just bad leaders. And I wasn't leading our team very well in that regard. And, and I had to do a better job
0: with it. Yeah. And I'll tell you, man, I, I love the fact that you're, like you said, it was an internal litmus test and you, you looked at everything and broke it down and, and, and fixed it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we fixed it, but at least
1: everybody can, I, I, I joked the whole time with the guys. I, I said, you know what? We're going to fake it until at least we can make it, you know. In the, in the meantime, like, if you tell yourself, uh, I guess, a lie enough, eventually it becomes the truth, <laughs> so to speak, you know. And, and and so I was just like, at the beginning, it was like, we're going to know these things, and then at some point, we're going to flip the script, and we're going to be able to, to start believing in this. And uh, and and some, it'd be, coaching became a little bit easier because when I started seeing bad body language or bad, Just uh, the environment wasn't where it needed to be. It was just a matter of saying a word, attitude, attitude. And and it was like energy, energy, just say it. And like consistent support for one another, willingness to learn, take constructive feedback. Like those are things when you could just say one word and it had, it takes on the entire meaning of what you're doing. You get the point across really quick, in as few as words possible, and uh, it it uh, it's been pretty powerful in terms of being able to do that and say those things, and uh, and uh, it it's uh, it's been really good. The guys have, have really embraced it. It's been I've been really pleased with how how they responded
0: Awesome. Now, can you dive down that rabbit hole a little bit more? Like, what are you seeing now? Like, kind of like a before and after snapshot with with how the the men are in the weight room with you.
1: Yeah. Well, um, so it was funny, you know, coach, even last year, we did some good stuff. Like we were probably maybe three quarters of the way through the summer and coach comes up to me and he goes, this is incredible. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, these guys come in, they do their thing. They're supporting themselves. Like, all you got to do is coach. Like you're not chasing around after anybody. I'm like, and that's why you hired me. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so so I, when he said that, I felt like, man, we're going on the right path with this." and, he, and, it, and indirectly, it was kind of like, "Hey, Mike, like what you're doing. Keep doing it." And uh, so so once we kind of established that level of, of work ethic and coming in and and again, let's face it, athletes are selfish, and whereas coaches are selfless. So we're always fighting that yin and yang working with those guys. and uh, so one of the things that we started to do this year. Was how do we create this peer-to-peer accountability? Because, like to me, the best teams that I've ever been around were the ones that held each other accountable, that were comfortable giving tough love, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, working with BG, I had the had the pleasure of kind of getting this 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 idea of that a basketball game is a four minute. 10 round fight. You don't have to win every round. You just got to make sure you win more rounds than the other guy. And it's a way to kind of slow the game down when you're bringing guys in the huddle and he says, listen, we didn't win that round. Or, hey, guys, we won the last two rounds. We're doing good. Let's go get this third. You know? And uh, so in the midst of that, I said, you know what? Anytime you give a pair of boxing gloves to a, a young man, he feels invincible. So we kind of came up with this thing that it was the Golden Gloves champion. And the Golden Gloves symbolized this toughness, this grittiness, and it symbolized attitude, energy, and effort. That's what they embodied, these gloves. So when we started the summer, it was the very first day, was the last day that I gave these gloves to somebody. And I gave it to them, and I said, hey, listen, here's the deal. You personified the right attitude, energy, and effort today. These gloves are yours today. Hang those on your locker with some pride. And when you come back into the weight room next time, bring those gloves with you and you're going to give those to somebody else that you think personified the right attitude, energy, and effort. So it became a way for us to build up and prop up this, this literally our base of our culture. Like we can't, we can't get to this high level stuff until we really solidly develop this base of attitude, energy, and effort. And so we kept a running tally of that, and we had a live tally. So whoever received the most peer-to-peer awards every time that was ran, and it was posted up, and so you knew real time. And it was neat because we got to maybe four weeks in, and a point guard hadn't got it yet. And I'm like, hey, listen, like you're our floor general. You're our quarterback. You're the guy that's supposed to be setting us up and putting us in motion and doing and you're not personifying right now. Like, this isn't me telling you this. This is your teammates. Like your teammates aren't like like this isn't me. This isn't like you can you can you can curse me under your breath all you want, but at the end of the day, like this is your your teammates are sh- telling you this indirectly, but you're not a leader. And that's a bad thing. And uh, so it's kind of a way to kind of do some tough love and a little uh, And a little, uh, little self epiphanies there, if you will, Mm -hmm. for the guys, and uh, and it became pretty neat. And the guys really kind of rallied behind that. And uh, so the neat part was at the end they get to keep the gloves, right? And we give them a T shirt says "Golden Gloves Champion." You know, they get to get we do the Sports Banquet Award. They get that kind of stuff. But um, what's happening now is. I'm seeing the gloves being passed around in the locker room. And I'm like, hey, dude, like you won the gloves. Why is there all hanging on his lock? Oh, well, uh, we just do it for practice now, coach. You do what? Like, oh, yeah. Like we just say, hey, man, you were awesome in practice today. You got the gloves. You hit, you were off the charts today in practice. That's right. So nice like, like continued that on, which is off the charts. Like when that happened, I was like, oh, crap. Like I didn't even think about that. And these guys had the intentionality to do that. Like we got something special here. Um, and so, and I was beaming like that, that was the best feeling that was better than anybody PR on a squat or anything. Like it was like, man, like that's why we do what we do as coaches, right. Mm -hmm. For them to be able to turn that corner. So those, that was one thing that, uh, that we did this summer. Um, I think leadership, I think we as I think, Coach, there's, I think we take an organic approach to leadership and the fact that at some point, at some time, we feel that, well, you've been in the program X number of years, so now you're our leader. Yeah. You should be this naturally born leader, right? And I thought, man, that would be like saying, taking my fifth that comes in, saying, I don't need to train him. He's been training for five years. You know, like, like you got to develop the leadership piece. You got to, as much as you coach the X's and O's of the games, as much as we teach a kid how to do a clean or transition them from a from a you know simple squat progression, like we got to do the leadership piece in that, right? Mm-hmm. Then it becomes a challenge of like, all right, well, I'm only given so many hours I'm to so really do this. Um, so I came up with squad leaders. And this was something I got from this deal. And, uh, and and so every week we had a squad leader. And that person was to show up before, 15 minutes before. he's going to go through, damn it, warm up with us. And understand there's like, there's little iterations of the workout for that day. And then that person had to lead the group, take them through the group. Communicate everything to the group and I was a lightning rod for that So like he would come to me. I would go over to him I would disseminate the information and then he had to disseminate to the masses Did it slow the workout down a little bit it did and did I had to cut some exercises out? Yeah um, But in the midst of that It was pretty remarkable of watching the guys just the transformation. So at the end of the, it wasn't just about doing that. It was at the end of the workout, I was like, I'm going to grab you. And I'm going to say, hey, man, these are some things you did really well today. And these are some things you need to really work on the next time you come in. And uh, sometimes that was, it, it wasn't like, a, uh, like I wouldn't put them on a couch and having like this big intervention. It was just a quick little sound bite, like do that. And uh, the kids were really receptive to it. So at the whole week they were there. Then on Friday, they got to pick who they wanted to be the squad leader the next the next week. So they got to do that, and then the team had to give the leader feedback on what they saw in the beginning and how he improved. So again, guys getting comfortable talking positively, negatively about one another, and then on top of that, when I picked my squad leader, I had to. The, the, when the athlete picked the squad leader, they had to impart one piece of wisdom on them. And the fact that if I wish I'd have done this or this is the biggest thing that I learned when I'm doing this. Um, and we did that all off season. It was unbelievable. And sometimes, like, when guys got picked, and I'm like, I was on pins and needles all week. And just, I was like, this kid doesn't talk. He doesn't say anything. Like, he's awful. <laughs> like, this is going to be an absolute... Clown show on Monday, and it didn't work out like that. It worked out really, really good. Like the kids really took ownership behind that, and I and I think it was because at the end of the day, like we talk about, kids doing things for each other and being there for one another, and uh, and I think it just helped prop that up and we're providing this assistive leadership. And uh, so that was that was one of the things that we did with the kids that was really, really good. And uh, probably the, the one other unique thing that we did, is we started a breakfast club. So coach's thing, I was like, hey, listen, we can, we sat down. How are we going to really attack this this summer? And it was like, hey, you know what? In football, we used to go out and condition during the hottest part of the days. That's a way to add another dimension of toughness into what we're doing and make them uncomfortable. So why don't we just get the guys up early in the morning? Let's get them up early in the morning being able to have to get up, be there do those things um, and and that was it like so we started off in the morning time so we started a breakfast club and I had my intern come up with 50 questions and every time we got done lifting, we went in, we broke bread and it was like we just they already knew the question at the beginning right and then we would go in there we would do it at the end of the workout. And it was simple stuff like, you know, hey man, what you what song you got to hear before you get before the ball tips off? Like, what's your song? Like, what do you got to do to like? What's your favorite food? Like, what food can you not have? To, you know, what's the toughest thing you've ever done in your life? Or what's the hardest thing that you've ever had to overcome in your life? And so, relationships are really hard to form. They're super hard, and I think they're even harder these days to form because. Kids are so involved in this digital world that it's, you can be interacting with so many people, but it's not interpersonal. And it's one of the things I observed, I would watch, we'd be at pregame meal, training tables, all these things. And like, you got five guys, eight guys at a table, and every one of them are, are doing this. And I'm like, what, what? Honestly, could be going on. It's more important right now than the than the guys that are sitting at the table that you're with right now. And so we started creating that this breakfast club. And it was funny when I knew it's kind of started taking hold was Fourth of July weekend was coming up, and we, I'm trying to get out of there, right? It's Fourth of July. I'm thinking these guys want to get out of there. They want to bounce. And so we don't do a breakfast club. I'm like, "And and the kids, kids are like, coach. What are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean what are we doing? We're We're done. A breakfast club. I'm like, awesome. So I like read my book. And so, and I made these notes every time when these guys, this and I would, I get, I would send these notes out to these guys and they had it like for each one of the guys. But I think that's important uh, in terms of uh, knowing your why. Like it allowed me to be able to build a relationship with these guys. It was unbelievable. Like some of the things that these kids have had to overcome at such a young age. It was like, you know, like, holy crap! Like, I had no idea. But more importantly, neither do their teammates, right? And, uh, it, it, and and really, the why's? Why are you here? Like, at the end of the day, you could go get a scholarship, or an academic scholarship, or can you just get financial aid? Like, why do you put yourself through this crap? Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. And uh, and and when you take your why. And you blend it with a group of guys that you know their why. And maybe my why maybe isn't as strong as this other guy's, but his why. I know how important his why is to him. And I want to make sure that I'm, I'm there to support his why. Then, you know, that can be a pretty indomitable force. And uh, really, at the end of the day, uh, finishing games, which we struggled to last year. Um, it was about, you know. It's like, man, we gotta we gotta figure out something on that and, and create this interpersonal connection with the guys, so that uh, it meant something to them. Like, I think as coaches, we're in the business of putting forty year old heads on eighteen year old bodies. Like, we try to do that, and that's uh, a hard business to be in, right? And mm-hmm. and to be able to bridge that and create those relationships. I mean, good lord, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, it's really tough to be. In. Yep. Having a relationship with my wife, I mean, having a relationship with friends, like it's tough, like to form a true relationship, an unconditional love relationship, which is what we want to kind of build in that team. That's all that takes a lot of work. And uh, so by doing that every week and building that, um, I think it helped really solidify the team. And uh, instead of just having a kumbaya session every once in a while, or maybe when the shit hits the fan and we're like, all right, we gotta come together and figure this out. Like guys can figure things out on their own at that point. Like, it's like, hey man. And uh, I told them, I'm like, it's hard. It's hard to go up to a guy that's maybe your teammate and and tell him like that he's not doing right. And, and I say, listen, man, this is, a, 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 one of the SEALs told me this and I thought it was a great way to segue. It was, I love you as a brother but I don't like your attitude right now. And that was, that's an easy way to have a, to start a conversation with somebody that's a teammate about, Hey man, we got to change what we're doing right now. It's not right. And uh, so the end result of that, I don't know, like we're still, the season's still on, but I can tell you this, man, like I am so excited to be around these guys. And I'm 41, and I get juiced up to be around these 18 year old kids. Like, it's tough. Like I, like I don't want to not be around them because I just enjoy being around these kids so much and watching, having watched them grow. And uh, it's been really neat. Like you know, it's I, I firmly believe that at, the, that at the end of the year, you know, I think everything will take care of itself. Uh, I hope it does, but uh, we'll see. But uh, in the meantime. Whatever happens, happens, but I, th-
0: these kids have been great, and I've really enjoyed uh, watching them grow. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And it sounds like you guys got some stuff cooking there that's great. Yeah. We'll
1: see. We'll see what happens. You know, makes makes work more fun.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> yeah. Mike, I can't let you get out of here without talking about Critical Reload a little bit. <laughs> we got to gotta make sure that we get, get some pub out there and, and make sure yeah. people know. I mean, gosh, I I remember when you started that, like, yeah, let's just say it was a year or two ago. ago. Okay, 13. 13. You're going to date both of us. Great. And, uh, <laughs> 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 but no, man, Look, where can people find out more about it? What, what do you got going with it? Like, this is something people need to know about.
1: Yeah. Well, this is kind of, I started it back when I was at Georgia Southern and, uh, It's funny because the NCAA rules had come down. So we started this thing up, I think it was in 2002, 13 years, somewhere around. And gosh, it's been even longer than that. So 2002, I think the legislation came out with NCAA. So in 2004 is when we started. And it closed the doors on a lot of good products and opened the doors for a lot of bad ones. And so I, I said, you know what? I've got this knowledge about nutrition. And really, everything that was out there was really kind of tailored more to the bodybuilding market, not the strength conditioning market and the athlete market. And uh, so I basically went in with a bunch of food scientists and said, Hey, listen, this is what I want. This is what I wanted to do. Here's the research. This is why. Um, and they said, Okay. And it's got to taste great. So I, I, it really just started off um, something for my guys. And I had a. Inner circle of coaches, if you will, about five coaches. I was like, hey, man, if I build this thing, would you guys buy it? Hell yeah. So then I had the purchasing volume of it, right? And uh, so we started that. And uh, it's unbelievable what it's ended up becoming. Um, Of course, I was single when I started it at the time. And uh, when I got married, my wife was like, you make how much and you still have the company? Like, I pay cape, I haven't taken one dime out of the company never taken one dime I always reinvested back into uh the company we've helped i I have a couple of uh, uh of of business guys that, that that work with me to help kind of run the company I'm, I like to say I'm the geico lizard of the company like i'm the, you know i'm the, I'm the guy that's kind of like the spokesman but those guys run the they run the deal they do an unbelievable job and we've helped battered women some 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 women that have uh you know that took the courage for them to be able to get out of their situation and we were able to bring them in and make them secretaries and give them a paycheck till they were able to get back on their feet um, we've done stuff that and really the neat segue way that we're doing now is for high school markets um, we've created a booster program and with our dispenser as well so the neat thing about that is is the schools have actually created a concessions within their weight room so no different than a concession stand on a Friday night for football right in high school uh, and so what they've been able to do is Create this concessions and a revenue stream within the weight room And so we have schools now that are able to generate in the upwards of 30 K a year for the strength conditioning program Wow, and It's been unbelievable to be able to give back to this profession in that way because you're getting kids at the most impressionable parts of their lives. And, you know, we get them, they got 18 years of bad habits and they are at full maturity. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's full contact, you know, to try to change those, those habits. But at that point, you know, there's things that coaches now that have been able to have to be able to purchase equipment, to be able to develop their athletes that they would have never been able to otherwise. Um, we've had coaches actually been able to build weight rooms. Uh, they had weight rooms, but they've been able to put purchase racks and do things, and um, it's been unbelievable to be able to do that that part of it, and to be able to give back to that part of it. Um, it's been it's been really fun, and the neat thing is is I love my guys, but it allows me to be able to go outside my four walls and talk shop and learn. And I'm going to tell you, like high school strength coach, like those guys are off the charts because. You think about us as coaches; we get them at full maturation, right? And we've we don't. They've got kids that's thirteen years old to eighteen. Like I, I joke around, I'd be like, "Okay, you guys." I don't know how I would do it with the girls, but I'd be like, "Guys, like I need you to take your shirt off, raise your arm. You got you got hair under your arm. Guess what? You're going to be doing a completely different program than than this other guy. You don't, you know. It's it's such a broad spectrum of of uh, uh, of maturity levels, and to be able to do that, and to be able to create that, and have this long-term athletic development model, if you will, which is really a, a term to say, hey, you're you a really good coach. It's another segue, but anyways, uh, don't get me started. But anyways, but it's uh, it's just been really great. So uh, criticalreload.com is as you can go and get the information on there. Um, we are uh, we're growing. And uh, more and more coaches are coming on board with it, and uh, this has been a great year so far for us. I think probably being where I'm at has helped a little bit uh, in that regard. Uh, but uh, you know, we don't do any formal, really, any formal advertising. It's all been word of mouth. Like we don't even go to we don't even go to shows like to exhibit. Like we did that, and I'm like. Eh. And it's just been uh, it's been great, man, to be able to give back to the to the coaches and the professions and the kids, man. That's awesome, man.
0: Right, our guys love it. Yeah, our guys love you. it. So, critical reload, and then what other ways can people get in touch with you on that? Socials, emails, what is it?
1: Yeah, like Facebook. I mean, honestly, just get on Clemson, look, go to staff directory, and get my email there. Uh, it's mbuley at clemson.edu. That's probably the best launching pad or the point from there, and then we can connect up there. Uh, and then uh, probably the other thing that we've been doing is the DWMA, which has been been great, uh, the Dynamic Warm-Up Movement Assessment. Uh, we've actually got the entire South Carolina National Guard on board with that. So um, that's another great thing, kind of make your, movement, your warm-up be a movement screen. Uh, at the same time, uh, that's been great, and, and so they're doing that. So now we're trying to get into the tactical side as well um I'm actually uh we're doing a pilot study so if it goes we may end up going nationally with that it's been been unbelievable I, I never had the opportunity to serve and uh I had the opportunity I just chose not to do it and uh and uh, this is an opportunity for me be, for me to be able to give back to uh to our servicemen and women so hopefully uh you know that we're able to do that and uh give those guys uh you know for them it's wins and losses it's It's life or death, you know, so, um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, they can get a hold of me that way. Just get on Clemson's website. It's probably the easiest, so they can contact me directly at mvulee at clemson.edu. Awesome,
0: man. Mike, can't thank you enough for the time, brother. Great to catch up.
1: Yeah, man. Likewise, brother. Appreciate the uh, invite, man. This was awesome.
0: Yeah, man. Well, listen, we'll be in touch real soon, brother. Thank you. Thank you, man. Have a good one now. You too. And a huge thanks to Clemson's Mike Bewley for spending the time with us today. Guys, I mean, like, a man sitting there telling us the good, the bad, the ugly, and how they're fixing it. What more could you ask for? Mike, I can't thank you enough for being so open, honest, and candid with us today. This was sensational. Thank you so much. Guys, you know, I can't say enough, too, about his company, Critical Reload. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Critical Reload. And make sure you check out the website, criticalreload.com. Really a fantastic product, and Mike really is pouring a lot back into the strength and conditioning community with it. So make sure you check that out. And as always, guys, if you enjoyed the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. And guys, with the nuggets in this one and how he's breaking down everything that they're doing and how they're establishing this culture for what they're doing there at Clemson, I'm sure there's someone that you know that could take something from it. So tweet it at him. Tag him on a post. Email it to him. Again, guys, we are just trying to get the best information out to all the awesome coaches out there that we possibly can, and we truly appreciate everything that you guys do with help us spreading the word. And as always, guys, thank you for everything you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.